Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you done yet? We gotta start the show. Bruins fans, welcome back for episode 151 of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Allred. Get the Bacardi 151 out. We're getting drunk. Just kidding. Heather, Heather hey. Ingerson, my co-host, my lovely co-host, is with me again today to talk some Boston Bruins hockey. Welcome back, Heather. How was your week? First of all, I'm thinking, when's the last time I drank Bacardi? <laughs> uh, it was probably high school for me. Yeah, it was I'm a like, very that's... bad experience in the Pines and Amesbury. Probably puked everywhere. And lesson learned. We've all puked in Now I'm a whiskey life. drinker. No, I'm just kidding. No, I am. Uh, I like the whiskey. No, week was all right. How was your week? It was, uh, it was good. It was, I mean, not much on the, uh, on the Bruins front in games. There mm-hmm. were only two last week, which we will talk about um, in the upcoming uh, segment about the action last week. But it was a, a pretty, it was a busy work week, at least. I, I got a bunch of freaking hours of overtime. So, and that crammed into the website and, and two podcasts, it, it's, a, it's a fun week. You're a busy dude. Mark. Busy, right. busy, sir. Busy dude. Ma'am, sorry I called you, sir. Wow, that's it's terrible. all right, you can call me, sir. I joke around with the kids at work uh, when I tell them to do something and they kind of give me like that. I'm like, I want to hear sir, yes, sir, so you can call me, sir. It's uh, rumor has it in the uh, Amesbury Youth Hockey that your son is, is going to be a goalie for two weeks. Yes, he's going to be the might instructional goalie for the next two weeks. Uh, it's very interesting because, as you know, he's just really starting his hockey experience. But he seemed to like it. He had a lot of fun. Uh, it's funny, obviously, like goalie pads are awkward enough. But when you're only four and a half feet tall or whatever, but <laughs> he seemed to like it. Well. See how it goes. Awesome. Like as long as he can stay on his feet, he'll be all right. But he kind of was skating backwards a little bit, so that's a new skill, and it was. It'll be interesting, but as long as he has fun. That's all. That's what it's all there. about at that age, man. It's just have fun, learn a little bit about the game, and and you know enjoy your companionships with other teammates. And yeah, well, like today, like he had a hard time getting up. He's never had the pads on, so when he was like fell down, he couldn't get up, and then like his 
friend Tommy, like their teammate Tommy comes over because he's Bengali and he's old. He's a little older than him and he like was trying to show him how to like push off. Like basically you're doing the same thing, but obviously the goalie stick is very awkward. What I forgot was so annoying is the pads and I kept the stupid strap and like they, why do they make them that long on little kids' ones? Like, they're, like, as long as, like, if you were putting on pads. like What, the toe strap? Well, like, you have the strap that goes underneath, you yeah. know what I mean, or yeah, whatever, and then the it's so long, and it's, like, you got to make it so you don't step on it and that it won't fall out, but right. it's really hard to do that without making a weird clunky, like, mess. I hear you. So that was kind of annoying. Hopefully I work that out before his game. But, yeah, my instructional is looking good. They had a good game yesterday. Everyone's gelling. Awesome. Got to support Hansbury Youth Hockey. It is awesome. But speaking of awesome, the Boston Bruins played in two games last week and um, positive results yes. in those two games, even though there was uh, quite of a, a big break in between. But let's start off in the with the Toronto Maple Leafs on Tuesday night, October 22nd. Goals, Bruins goals. David Pasternak scored his 10th at 7.15 in the first. It was a power play goal. He continues to be on fire. We will talk about him later on. Uh, Brad Marchand adds his fifth in the second period at the 6.09 mark to give the Bruins a 2-1 lead. And Brett Ritchie uh, gets on the board for his second goal in the third period at the 6.35 mark to give the uh, Bruins a 3-2 lead. And Parlin home offers up his first of the year and first as a Bruin at the 1757 mark of the third to give the Bruins and, and wrap up the 4-2 victory over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, uh, good game back and forth. Uh, the I thought the uh, I, I liked the action um, and the shots. There was a lot of shots. Um, Whereas uh, the Bruins had 39 and the Toronto Maple Leafs had 30. And uh, Tukarask uh, gets his gets the victory in his 500th game against yeah. the team that drafted him. Karma. Karma uh, coming right back. Yeah, it sucks to be you guys. That yeah. was a bad decision. No, I'm just kidding. It was. It was. 500 I mean, games, I, though. When they were showing like some pictures of two. Did you watch that Tuka My Story they had on Nesson? I did. Yeah, and... But I don't just remember like it, but watching, I did watch but it. But, like, sometimes... Like, when they were... Sh I know you don't love Tim Thomas, but when they were showing, like, him and Timmy, and, like, they, they were, like, you know, whatever. They had their thing on the side, and... But, like, how young Tuka looked. Like, that was obviously 10-year, whatever. And yep. Even for, like, European people, you know, like, the Finns and stuff, they seem to age better than, say, New England and white kids, and... But he's got, like, his little gray hair now, but he's still got, like, his little Tuca face. But, like, he looks so little, and he really was. Like, you know, like, he's a grown man with kids and stuff now. And yep. then he was just, like, a little guy, like, backing up Timmy. Like, you know what I mean? And it was, it's was it been interesting thing to watch his journey, you know what I mean? Because he really has blossomed. And, you know, we all have our gripes about him at times, but... Is what it is, he's he, he's the goaltender that the Bruins have right now, and, and isn't and, he the winningest goaltender in Bruins in history? franchise history? Yeah. yeah, but you know he sucks. He's terrible. Let's get rid of him and get somebody else. I don't, not sure who else can fit that, those shoes. Not yet, at least. But um, yeah, I mean it was a, it was a good divisional game. Um, a lot of back and forth. I mean these two teams really seem to have a, a real hatred for each other, and and that's good. I mean even Jake DeBrus mentioned something that uh, it's it's a rivalry. But it's they, they they hate each other, and that's and I I think that's good entertainment on the ice when you get teams like that. 
And it reminds me of the days of the Montreal Canadiens. I, I still believe that the Montreal-Boston rivalry is still strong, mm-hmm. still going strong, and, and hopefully we get to see that team sometime soon. But um, Tuesday, the 5th of November. Oh, nice. 7.30, Montreal. Good one. Good one on the schedule front. My fail again. That's because I think Montreal is the worst thing ever. And I know. They're the, one, they're the one I want to, like, again, like, Toronto is a natural rival of mine, but Montreal literally makes me see. But I'll be in a bad mood all day just thinking about seeing the Habs. But uh, I thought, you know, it was a typical Boston-Toronto, you know. I think it's they're a little envy of us, envious of us. They can't figure out things. But I think it was funny how they were celebrating so hard when they won, but that's cool. We just beat you on the back-to-back there, and weren't we playing in Toronto, too? Kind of makes it sting. Yeah. Yeah, so it is what it is. It was an all right game, pretty much thing. Who was in net? Hutchinson? Yeah. He didn't have yeah. such Former a Former Bruin, actually. Um, yeah, he didn't I'm have such a I'm not sure if he good. played any NHL games, but I know he was with the Providence Bruins. And the at the time, he was with the East Coast Hockey League, um, South Carolina Stingrays, when they were affiliated. So, but I like the secondary scoring, like you're complaining about. They had, I still didn't like how... I think we still struggle this week with, like, kind of neutral zone play, and that makes me nervous for, like, the grind of the season. Like, it's still early, but other than that, I mean, what do we watch this? We watch the same game 30 times a year at this point or whatever it is. So. Absolutely. But, yeah, no, good game, got the points. And that's what matters. But yeah, We moved on to the one that I cared about a lot. Yeah, the too. second game of the week was obviously last night, Saturday, October 26, 2019. It was a... I, I don't want to, yeah, I mean, the, the St. Louis Blues, the Stanley Cup champions, they come into Boston where they, where they raise the cup in June. I, I'm over. I'm over it. I mean, a lot of people are thinking that this is the retribution game, that this is, this is their Stanley Cup if they win on home ice. No, I don't want to get into scenarios and narratives like that on this show. I just want to move on. This is a regular season game between two decent clubs, one that happened to be a, a Stanley Cup champion in June, like I said. And the other lost on home ice. They lost four of the seven games on home ice. Well, I think that's the bigger point. Is like it's not. Well, they a lost redemption. three. They lost three because we won game one. Okay. Big home time. My bad. Home. But um, I don't think that's the point. It's not about oh we suddenly are going to be the Stanley Cup champions because like I keep saying like St. Louis and they're playing all right or whatever. But I still think that they are like the L.A. Kings of freakishly a freakish. Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, and go from until the eighth seed. Show me, like if they make the playoffs, not tumbling in this year, and like to go to defend their cup, then I'll talk about how good of this team is. Not because I don't think it's not made up of good players, but we've seen plenty of teams that have plenty of good players and never win a cup or get it together or whatever. Still, my think the bigger thing is is that the Bruins we're perennial favorites for the cup, and this is more a redemption in the way of saying, yeah, we can beat you on our ice, and remember, like. We are the Bruins, and good on you, you beat us, and we respect you for that. Again, like, everyone respects the Stanley Cup, right? You can hate the person, but yep. whatever. But I think that was the bigger point, and we did. Three, nothing. Take that. Goose egg. And we'll talk about that. Well, um, David Pasternak starting the game off um, again with a goal. Uh, it continues to be hot. Scoring is 11th. Uh, at the 14:59 mark in the first period from Krug and Marshawn. I forgot to mention the assist in the, in the last game, but oh well. Uh, second period, I mean, the Bruins got bowls in all three periods, really spread it out. Uh, Anders Bjork uh, recently called up, uh, gets his first of the season from Grizzlick and Heinen at the 9:31 mark of the second, giving the Boston Bruins a 2 to nothing lead. And in the third period, Brandon Carlo 
Um, starting to play a little better. I'm starting to see yeah. positive things from him. Uh, gets an unassisted goal at the 1911. I believe that was an empty net goal. Just, they don't list it here on the uh, website, but I, don't remember. I think it was. Um, and to seal the deal at three to nothing, and given Tuka Rask his forty seventh career shutout, um, we will talk about him later. Um, but a, a positive win, nonetheless. It's a great win on home ice against a team that they couldn't do it against, and that's that's fine. But it is a new season, like I said. But uh, so far this year, I am just happy to see what this team has done in front of their own fans. They got the the hard-working blue-collar folks that spend so much money on these tickets and fight their way through limited foot space and terrible seating that they've done over the, the off-season. They were there. They won in front of those guys, and, uh, and, and it's been good. And so far this season, the Bruins are 4-0-1 at TD, at TD Garden, and the, the only little bit of gripe that I have in that was the, uh, the point that they got in the and the um, and the overtime loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning, but that was I mean, the worst. That's the worst game that we played. This technically, year. if you look at the league and how they run their operation, it's not a loss. Yeah, it's just not. It, there's no one in the no, in the in the loss. We, we don't need to get into the fight about ties thing. I know. Everybody is like in the shootout. Oh my god, I hate the shootout. But anyway, I, hate I know we talked about. There's a lot of podcasts that talked about the shootout this week, and it was how terrible it is. Um, I but I think it was a good game last night. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, I don't think that I don't I don't think that was an empty net. Uh, I don't. Know. I don't remember. That was like right at the end of the game, and I was probably distracted by the other TV. I was downtown at a local establishment at the time, but either way, I do remember going Brandon Carlo. I was pretty excited for Anders Bjork. Again, I don't think that he's moving up here permanently this season, but we See obviously need some help on the top, you know, at this point, the forwards. So. But with David Pasternak's 11th goal in this game, he extends his goal-scoring streak to five games and also um, brings his, uh, points. his point streak to eight games. And uh, Pasternak is the eighth player. This is, this is from Twitter, NHL uh, Public Relations uh, account. Pasternak is the eighth player in 27 years to score 11 plus goals in the team's first 10 games. Extends his point streak to eight games. Okay. To be fair, he did have a four game, like four goal game, so that's going to drive your statistics up Absolutely. a lot faster, higher, which doesn't take away from the numbers, but just that's a little different than scoring one goal a game for X amount of games. But. I still don't think he's going to get 50 goals, but I do know he's going to get 100 points, you know. But that's only because I've been watching past and Maybe this is the year that he's finally just in his own skin and he's skating his way to the Rockets. Great to see so far. Really has. I think that'll be good for someone like. Like, Alex Ovechkin is someone who very few people can score goals like him. Like, even the elites of the elites cannot get. do what he does. Like, you know what I mean? And I think. It might be good to have a little young blood keep him going. You know, like, oh, whoa, is that David Pasternak coming over my shoulder? You know, but I don't know. I still don't know. Convinced. Everyone, everyone's talking. They're all convinced, but I'm not quite convinced. Now, if it's Christmas time and he's already gotten his 50 goals, then we'll talk about me being more convinced about it. But I don't know. But I definitely think he's getting 100 points and he's playing awesome. That Again, he is. Marshy's been playing awesome, too. He's getting points pretty much. Every, he's got to be close to a point 
a game player himself. He's got been heavy on the assist side than the goal side so far this season, but and Tori, but uh, I agree with you what you're saying. Like last night, I think Carlo felt more in his element. I think it's kind of the style of play too with St. Louis. That's why he played so well against them. That's like a very good uh, um, system for him to play against. You know what I mean? I don't know, but. Uh, Sorry, my brain's like everywhere, but I I'm saw sorry. more. I'm trying to also, get I've seen more computer. of um, Charlie McAvoy because he's been a little bit iffy. You know, it's from the start, and again, I don't know if it's them being late to camp and all that. And but uh, I think the young defensemen are waking up a little bit, and that's good because we need them. That's why we signed them, and we want them here. They're an integral part of this team. All right. I'm just a little more concerned about what's going on on the top side of the line instead of the back side. Yeah, and um, before we um, give an update on the upcoming games, I just want to let you know that our show sponsor, BetOnline.ag, is a great place to go to place your wages on all sports. The Celtics are playing. The Major League Baseball um, World nice. Series is in effect right now. NFL football is, is, is I believe, halfway into this season. Mm. And obviously the NHL uh, is... Um, a month in yep. to their year. So uh, plenty of places to bet. Um, so placing a wager on any sport has never been more exciting than with the great folks at betonline.ag. Did you know placing a hockey bet on is not limited to the 31 teams in the NHL? At betonline.ag, you can place bets on 11 leagues in Europe. And guess what? Because you're a loyal listener to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast and CLNS Media Content, we're giving you a 50% bonus on top of your sports betting bankroll where you go to betonline.ag and use code CLNS Media. This added bonus is only for your first ever deposit, and the best part is the bonus is added onto your balance within seconds. Again, support our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast by going to betonline.ag and use the code CLNS50. Please remember, a minimum deposit of $55 is required to qualify for the bonuses. Please see BetOnline's general rules for additional terms and conditions regarding bonuses. Don't sit on the sidelines, Heather, during your favorite sports season. Get into the action with BetOnline.ag, your online sports wagering experts. I'm terrible at betting. I'm losing. I have $1 in my account. That's not good. No, because I took, I took Chicago. I, played, I placed a bet. I took a, I took a, uh, um, a flyer from somebody that is good at the betting. I won't say the name or Twitter account, and they suggested that I take the Philadelphia Flyers over the Chicago Blackhawks on the money line, which is you're placing the win. But I also took over six goals because I thought it was going to be, and it was under, so I lost. And then then I took the Anaheim Ducks over the Dallas Stars, and that was, and I played the under on that, taking the money line on Anaheim, and I lost. So there was forty dollars right there. So I have a dollar in my account. Got to put some more money in there because it's a long season, folks. And, and betonline.ag is just a great place to go to place your sports wages. And, and, uh, and if, you, if you're new at it, check it out. I mean, they have a really good tutorial uh, page that, which tells you what a parlay is, straight bet, and how to do it, and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's very, very uh, fan-friendly and, uh, and fun. So, but please do it responsibly. Yeah. I was gonna say, if you, you should... have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLE. Okay. I think that's right. I don't know. I don't know. I'll have to look into All that. I know is that you shouldn't be betting anything if you haven't done some research first. So <laughs> don't just, even if you're out there, like it's like there are people who are professional gamblers. That's great. Use their information, but also cross-reference information and make 
good decision. You can't really help sometimes how things go, but uh, I thought you were going to say that you were betting on college football again. I was going to say, no, what did I say no, to you? No, I'm not doing not that again. Until you watch college football, can you bet on it? But we do have to talk about the upcoming schedule. Uh, let me get this out of here. Get me, and I, I deleted it. So um, let me just quickly get this window back up again because doing this on the fly and need to go to NHL.com, which is a terrible website, but still use it, and pull up the standings. So... Buffalo is still kicking ass. Buffalo, absolutely. So, looking at the upcoming week, uh, we have the New York Rangers tonight. We're recording this particular episode on um, 27th. the 27th of October 2019. So, tonight at 7 p.m., the Bruins are on the road against the New York Rangers. Uh, the New York Rangers are not a very good team this year, um, and they sit currently sit in the seventh position in the wild card, um, uh, fourth from the bottom, and um, they currently have a two. They are two two and one at home, and they are three four and one in their last ten. So um, having a big and beating the uh, Buffalo Sabers, the front running Buffalo Sabers, uh, by a significant six to two score. So um, regardless. Well, the Rangers probably will be be up to play after that big win the other night. So, and then uh, Jumbo Joe and and new acquisition uh, Patrick Marlowe will be in town at TD Garden on Tuesday. I've heard of him, the Sharks, Patrick Marlowe. October Joe. October October 29th, the Sharks visit TD Garden. That should be an exciting game. Uh, the Sharks are. Currently out of the playoff picture. I know it's still early, folks. Don't get on me. They have a four six and one record. They are two four and one on the road, so that heavily favors the Boston Bruins, who are lightning hot, white hot at home. Uh, and in the last ten, they have a four five and one record. And uh, the last game on October twenty fifth, they lost to the Toronto Maple Leafs by a score of four to one. So that should be an exciting game. And then. To round out the week and the month um, is on Saturday, November 2nd, with another home game against the Ottawa Senators at 7 p.m. Who are currently out of the NHL picture. Just <laughs> I, I know, right? Ottawa is not good. They have a 2-7-1 record in 10 games. They have five points on the season. They are 0-3-1 on the road, 2-7-1 uh, in the last 10 and uh, their last game was October 25th when they lost to the New York Islanders 4-2. to two. So uh, hopefully that is a win. And that uh, rounds out the upcoming week. But also, as we talk about the, the uh, Ottawa Senators game on Saturday, November 2nd, things are, are going to start to really get congested for the month of November. Um, we saw a lot of games in October to begin the, uh, the 2019 campaign for this Boston Bruins, but those games were pretty much like spread out with a day of rest, sometimes three, uh, you know, like last week. But this, this, this month is going to be a lot of back-to-backs. I can see one, two, three. Three back-to-backs, and um, there are games when you're going to have a two-day break 
uh, mostly due to travel reasons and so on, but it's a congested game. But there's a lot of teams in this month that are winnable. I, I see um, uh, Montreal, I definitely want to say that's a, that could be a win. Florida's not been playing well. Um, New Jersey Devils, Minnesota, Ottawa twice. Uh, the New York Rangers, um, and the, there's going to be some battles in in this month uh, against um, the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Philadelphia Flyers, Toronto, Washington, and Buffalo. So there's a lot of uh, interesting things that are coming up this month. So I think the Montreal game, though, is iffy because the emotional factor that always happens in those games. And the first game on the road. Yeah, so, so. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's going to start getting stuck, though. This always happens, though. I don't understand the... I do understand they have to schedule things in, but it, the back-to-backs, like... I hate them. No team should have... Like, not three in one month. Like, that's yeah. a little... Sucks. Especially, like, if you look at the schedule, we li- could drive to any of these cities besides to drive down to the Florida Panthers game. Like, I could drive to Ottawa in 10 hours. I could drive to Detroit in nine hours. You don't even have to fly there. So, like... I, I get that's part of the thing. They're close together, do the back-to-back. But still, the flying, the traveling, the pack, the moving, that's the stuff that also takes uh, your energy and stuff away. It's not just playing the game. It's all the crap that goes around traveling to the thing, you know? So even if you're only going from Toronto to maybe not Buffalo, that's a little too close, but <laughs> that's only like an hour drive. But, you know... Pittsburgh, like, give them just one day. Like, why do they have to play back? They don't need three days off and then a back-to-back. Like, why can't they do every other? I don't know. It's it's stupid. Um, So looking at the bright picture of the Atlantic Division, and then we'll go into the Eastern Conference real quick before we get into the topics this week, and and we take a break. Um, So And I apologize to our listeners because I am. I feel like I'm not, like, focused. Focus me. You're all right. You're fine. Um, so the, the Boston Bruins, after 10 games, have a 7-1-2 record with 16 points, three points behind leading Buffalo Sabres as of right now. Um, they have a good goal differential, probably due to David Pasternak, <laughs> uh, at a plus 9. Buffalo is leading with plus 12. Um, but the, the, the home record is 4-0-1 away, the 3-1-1, last, obviously last 10. But, um, yeah, and, and looking at the conference, where the conference looks out, and, and I'm not really going to get too hyped up about this. United States Thanksgiving is when I really get like, okay, this is where we're probably going to line up for our playoff picture. So December 1st rules, that's yeah, right. Okay, there you go. <laughs> so as of right now, Buffalo leading the Eastern Conference um, with 19 points. Washington is tied with 19 points. And, Bo- and Boston Bruins a third with 16. Carolina, surprising team, with 15 points sitting in fourth. Um, and Toronto, unfortunately, is still in the playoff picture, and so is Tampa Bay, but Montreal, Philadelphia, Rangers, New Jersey, and Detroit are sadly out. I know, like, <laughs> just barely in the picture, because Florida could be ahead of Tampa by the end of the oh, week, yeah. that we're still seeing kind of, like, the gap. It's starting to even out, though, right? Because, like we said, I mean, like, the, to be fair, the Rangers didn't really play a lot of games the first two weeks, so right. unless everyone else was playing things like that, uh, but... Doesn't it turn out, no matter who's playing around us, we still tend to be the third, second, third, fourth team in the conference. Yep. Again, but perennial it's just, favorites. It's just, I mean, even last season, Tampa Bay was still was still up the front runner, yeah. which is good to see them, um, you know, getting behind. 
but uh, they're, they're playing better after their slow start with it 5-3 and 2 in the last 10. So, I mean, regardless, this Eastern Conference, we're probably going to jockey for position most of the year. You know, I think that's a given, especially if the Boston Bruins just keep playing the way they do. Well, once all the teams start tightening up, too, like, to see who's going to win each division, you know, they'll be the same three flipping and flopping. Although last year there were a few teams that I was like, oh, my God, they're not going to make the playoff. Like, in the end, the, you know, there's always that last push there the last month, and you watch one team somehow get there. Last year I thought it was going to be Montreal just kind of push their way up in there, even though they had no business being there. Uh, but, I mean, so far, so good. I mean, yeah. There are things I'd like to see us fix up, but generally they're playing pretty well, you know. Second period still gets a little sloppy there, like I said, the neutral play, but, but Pasternak is on fire, though. That's There's fun to something watch. about that second period that, you're right, you're right. It's this, there's something wrong, but it's amazing to me how they recover. And it, it, it's got to be a message from team leaders, uh, the quiet leader, Patrice Bergeron, the, the lettered leader in Zdeno Chara, and obviously your bench leader in Bruce Cassidy are all in there and doing something because when they make mental mistakes and they're not doing the things correctly that, that should be done on paper, they come out in the third period and it's almost like, you know, well, why, why didn't you do that? In the originally. It's almost like a, a confidence boost, which is great. The thing is, my thing, though, is, like, no one should have to give you a confidence boost in the second period. That's what you need halfway through the third. In the second period, like, last night, the one thing that annoyed me is that even though it ended up being three, whatever, I'm not trying to get on anyone in particular, but St. Louis spent a lot of time in our end. A lot of time. A lot of time. <laughs> it was like, and we couldn't clear it. It's not like we cleared it and they came back in. Like, it was just like, not to bring it up, but game seven, where once they were in, it was like pinch, pinch, pinch you know what I mean? Like, pinching in and they'd stay there. Like, minutes, minutes, the kind of shit we do on the power play. You know what I mean? It's like, you can't let St. Louis or anybody be in that. Like, you know, so someone, we like we talked about it, sometimes it doesn't always have to be the defenseman. Maybe one of those forwards who are also in the zone could help get it, you know, what I mean? out. I don't know. Uh, but that's what I said yesterday. I just want to see. I like clean exits and entrances. I like to see that. And I like to see control of the neutral zone. And there was a little too much of the things that I... Um, every team has their weaknesses. But one of our weaknesses is, like, we are... We need Gatorade or something in that second period, a little sugar to wake people up. I don't know. Uh, again, I'm not judging them. I can't do their job. But we didn't have clean well, – sometimes our passing was a little sloppy and stuff. And that's the kind of thing that ends up making you lose stupid shootouts. Like, you know what I mean? And you get to a point where you're doing that. Uh, but it's hard to say that. It's like it's so weird to see a 3 nothing game and be able to have a complaint about it. But, like – Tuca had to work real hard last night. He oh, yeah. had a lot of pressure on him. Absolutely. And it could have been a lot tighter than it was. So, anyways, All that's right. that. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break. Oh, wait. And, before we take a break, oh, can I'm I sorry. bring something up to you? No, just because it's related to the Blues. So, last night, uh, Barry and I were talking, whatever, and we were like... Shout out, Barry. Don't you think that every year on opening night... It, if you want to always have excitement and ratings, right? We were talking like St. Louis and Boston had the highest rating Stanley Cup finals ever, right? Don't you think it would be a good thing on the first day to maybe always have the two teams that were in the... Because you know you have to pay, play the other side anyways a couple times. Yeah. Why can't you design the schedule that, okay, so St. Louis and Boston, well, they usually play each other anyway, you know what I mean? Why don't 
they start. Why did we play Dallas instead? We could have gone to St. Louis, which is like two hours from there or whatever, and started there and started the road trip. Because then the fan, that's kind of the last thing that the casual fan has in their mind is the cup final. Why wouldn't you start that be your big NBC, like... Opening night. That's as stupid to me as how in every other sport with the same amount of teams, everybody plays on opening day, yet hockey has to have two different days. It stupid. is strange, yeah. Stupid. Yeah. But anyways, I don't know. What do you think about that idea to always have the re... Like, so why did it take to October 26th? Wouldn't that have actually been a more hyped up thing if you do as, it the day of? As much as um, I say I'm over it, man, that would be... That would bring back just just to have the team out there and seeing the banner go up and the cup in the house and all you know all the St. Louis and and that freaking glorious song playing again. I, I don't want that memory. I, yeah, I, you, you know, don't. But don't don't you think? I mean, you always say it's a ratings. business. You always go, it's a business. No, you got to right. do bit right. It'd That's be great what I mean. for ratings. Absolutely. If we want a real TV contract for like a real national TV contract, you for need this to do league, stuff like that. So, instead of like every week's a rivalry week. This week. Yeah. They did away with that, didn't they? Uh, this week. Th- yeah, well, yeah, they did because everyone's like, dude, you're not my rival, okay? Like, no offense. I don't care. Like, Las oh, Vegas is LA, not rivalry. my rival. Never, ever, ever. You know why? Because it's not a rival city to me. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. every region has their rival cities. It's more important. Like, Vegas and San Jose is a good rivalry. Or LA, San Jose... Uh, whatever, because they're competitive cities that are all near each other. All their other teams and people like that compete against each other. Like, no offense, but like the auto, not like Ottawa, but like I care more about Montreal and Toronto because they're closer, and Ottawa's kind of just that nice place that's the capital of Canada, and their team's mediocre and whatever. I just, I just think that would be a fun idea. Like, yes, yeah, so do you think I wouldn't literally have cried if I had to watch them raise their damn banner? Yeah, but you know what? Sports, man. Yeah, I would have been just as pissed if they would have beat us last night because, like I said, it was more not because you won't beat the champs, but more like, God, fucking win on home ice. Like, what's your problem? (laughs) And we have been playing well on home ice. That's why I would have been so mad. I love it. Okay, so that was it. Go ahead, do the break. I just wanted to bring that up why it was sort of related to nothing. All right, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to hear from the great folks at College Hockey Incorporated. They do a great great website, um, Bruins Prospects. Uh, They're my go-to for Bruins Prospects information, and they have a great podcast. Follow them on Twitter at College Hockey. So we'll be right back. Passion. Talent. Development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 90% rate. Johnny Gaudreau. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! Joe Pavelski. And Shane Gossespierre were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world! Hey, Beast fans, we're back after a break and, uh, and word from collegehockeyinc.com, a great website. Please go check it out. They talk about prospects from all over the league and, and have great uh, college info to give to the readers. And, and, again, they have a fantastic podcast, so please follow at College Hockey. Um, what talked about the, uh, the New York Rangers game uh, today at 7 o'clock. Well, 
uh, Heather brought up a great um, addition to uh, a, a little segment, and we just to touch on the uh, the Bruins alumni real quick. Um, they're playing the Rangers this afternoon at one o'clock at Madison Square Garden. But yesterday, it was kind of like a home and home series for these these two alumni teams. Um, but the the Boston Bruins alumni they played at Bentley Arena in Waltham, Massachusetts, uh, for the Warrior for Life Fund. And uh, I'm not totally sure how that uh, ended up, but I'm sure it ended up very good when it comes to um, supporting and a great cause. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully everybody had a great time and, and uh, you know got to see a good game and, and hopefully meet some uh, great alumni um, from the Bruins. So yeah. um, they, their upcoming schedule, uh, I, I mentioned that they're playing at Madison Square Garden today. But uh, on November 2nd at 2 p.m., they're at Chelmsford Forum in North Billerica, Massachusetts. And that is to benefit the Roberts Program at Children's Hospital. Uh, Sunday, November 3rd, 2019 at 1.30 p.m., they're at Foxborough Sports Center in Foxborough, Mass., home of our troops. Uh, And Saturday, November 9th, 2019 at 5 p.m., Alphon Rink, Colby College, Waterville, Maine. Alphon Youth Community Center. So there's a couple um, uh, games that if you're in the area, please go and support. And, uh, and, and like I said, meet some great um, former Bruins players. Uh, I know Terry O'Reilly plays, Rick Middleton plays. Um, I know Bob Bears plays. Bobby Bears right. plays. So, and Bruce Shoebottom, uh, fantastic. Absolutely the best Bruins a hockey name ever. Bruce Shoebottom. <laughs> Love it. But anyway... But like I said in one of the podcasts a long time ago, Bruce Shoebottom should have been a Bruin when Milbury went in the crowd and beat the guy with a shoe mm. because that guy would have had his back. Yeah. <laughs> but no, in all seriousness, please uh, support the uh, Bruins alumni. Uh, they do a fantastic job, and, they, and they, they reach out to so many different charities and work together with so many different charities. It's very good. So. And they do a bunch of things. Look, I'm looking right now, Saturday the 25th at of 2020 they're going to be actually up at our end at the Graff Memorial Rink helping to support Newburyport Youth Hockey. There are river rivals but hey supporting the youth hockey. They Newburyport usually does an alumni, you know, Bruins alumni once a year. So, if you're in our area specifically, you want to come out to the Graff and then after go down to the Lafayette Club and Sport Angels Youth Hockey for our Slapshot Social. Absolutely. All right. Great cause. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah, and anybody who wants to say, you can just, there's a schedule, you can just Google it if you want to see when they'll be around your area for a fun, family-filled day of festivities and great causes. Absolutely. Uh, back to the Bruins-related topics after those uh, great words and, and great causes. Oh, it was an empty netter, sorry. Oh. That I look at <laughs> So anyway, as I take my ball and sp- my puck and spike it, um, we do have to talk about uh, a couple of things that came to mind this morning and, and over the past week as I take some notes, some show notes. But uh, David Krejci remains out of the lineup. Uh, Coach Bruce Cassidy said in his uh, uh, end-of-game presser or pre-game presser one day this week, uh, last week, that um, the target date for his return could be Tuesday against the San Jose Sharks. Um, so that is, is positive news. I know he's been skating, uh, red Jersey and, uh, l- the latter part of last week, the white Jersey came on. So that means that to me, he's closer and closer to getting signed off for, 
uh, full-time duty, and hopefully Tuesday is that day because even though the second line and we're looking for secondary scoring it has struggled, his absence is hurting this team regardless if, if, if it was struggling with him on that line. I agree with that. I also think that we're so early in the season, like, if he needs till Saturday versus Ottawa, then just give him Saturday till Ottawa. Like, it's not worth risking, re- you know, which, again, I, I think they do a good job of avoiding that. I don't think any, you know, it's not 1975. They're sending you out there with your hip falling off or whatever, but, <laughs> uh, you know, leg hanging out of socket. But I do want him to be healthy. And he had that kind of that first, you know, upper body. Now he's got this lower body or whatever. And, uh... Let him get the rest now because we need Krejci. You know, long-term, Messi are not on that second line. We need David Krejci back there. Do you feed into any of the rumors that he has a concussion? No. I looked at the hit again, and I... uh, The contact. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Out front of the net when he went down, I I didn't see any head contact at all. I don't But but then again, you you don't have to have head contact to have concussion. So, I don't know. Um, I don't really think it's that because that's... The, like the one injury that they usually come out and tell you. Like I know. They tell you I know. Why would you secret? Person has surgery and what that was, and they tell you if someone has a concussion, they're in concussion protocol. Get the spotters. That way, they don't have to answer the question every day. Like you know, you got to do the seven to ten days. We'll get back to you on it. You know, and right. So I, I mean, I, again, but I'm not a trainer. I don't think so. I think that he maybe re-aggravated an old injury of some sort. That's what you know, or has a new injury that maybe just needed two and a half weeks to heal. Either way, just don't push him back. Like, if there's any doubt, like, he... Because he's not young, you know what I mean? Right. He is old, and he does have some history of injury and yeah. stuff like that, yep. so... But M- many folks call I hope him you're Mr. okay, Courage, because I miss you, and we need yeah. you up there. You're, like, the silent... He's, like, the silent captain, you know what I mean? Like, you know, you always say, oh, the quiet captain with Patrice Bergeron, but, like, Courage just goes out, does his things, a good team player... Yep. We're there for his team, you know, and... He's a quiet leader. He's a yeah, quiet leader. Tries to do it by example. All right, go. Sorry, Krejci. No, no problem. Um, uh, with Krejci's um, um, absence, he was placed on the IR, and with the IR, uh, there's a recall. And from Providence, on October 22nd, um, the uh, Bruins called up uh, Anders Bjork uh, to give him a look. Uh, played minutes on the fourth line against... What's their name? No. Tuesday's yeah, matchup Toronto. against Toronto. Sorry, I saw um, And then was called down to Providence, which set up a, a fan uproar, uh, pleading that he, he never gets enough time and never gets enough look, and all of a sudden he's in the AHL. Folks, this was a paper transaction because the fact is that uh, Joachim Nordstrom is getting healthy and returning to the lineup. Once you make that transaction right there from healthy to a rostered player, you do have to get your emergency player down. So paper transaction, guys. Seriously, I mean, the freak out is crazy. Stop shooting from the hip. Use the internet to your benefit. Um, because it's, it's just destroying uh, Twitter, ho- hockey Twitter, in my opinion. Um, but anyway, he's back and, uh, and obviously gets a, gets a goal in his, in, in his, um, in his second game So uh, this season. Uh, hopefully he continues to, to do that. Uh, he's been playing well in Providence, uh, point per game player down there, real leader, uh, if you can say that, uh, in his prospect role. Uh, Jay Leach, uh, the Providence Bruins head coach, and, and Trent Whitfield use him very effectively. And you know what's? And I'm going to say it again. I know I do this all the time, but he they place him in really interesting situations to 
to really absorb all aspects of the game. I've seen him on the third line, second and first. And, and so like a rotation. And that's what they're doing with Jakob Lauko. Mm. They're using him on the fourth and third line. And people are freaking out. Like, why, why would you do that? You've got to learn. Uh, yeah. The whole point is they're, they're being developed and part of developing. Like, everyone always says hockey intelligence, hockey intelligence. Like, there's, you know, whatever, hockey IQ. That's all you ever hear. The thing is that some people in any sport, right, have a very good mind to just kind of see a whole game, right? But for everyone else, that comes once you're, like, past being a teenager and your brain starts, that, like, to really learn that. And you use different... It's like why when the kids are young, you rotate them offense, defense, offense, defense, goalie, right? To see it's a different game to be the goalie than to be the defenseman. It's a different game, and you see. Uh, and that's kind of how the young guys are in their development into professionals is... That's great. You've always been a killer wing. You and 300 other people are also really good at that job right now. Right. But my you need to be flexible. You need to be able to go wherever you need to be asked. And you're just as... This is, I also think, is specifically a Bruin system thing is you're just as valuable on the fourth line as the second line wherever you are. Do your job. You know what I mean? Play your part, big or small, which Absolutely. I think is what I've liked that they've done with Anders Bjork when he came up these last games because too many times they get thrown into two... Like, he might not be ready. Everyone's like, put him on the right side with Krejci and DeBrock. Yeah, that's great, but he might not quite be ready for that even though right. he's doing awesome on Providence. It's a different beast. Maybe slotting him into the third line a little bit, get him still yeah. kind of in the play, uh, or obviously in this case the fourth line because there's a the was out. There's a theory. I never wrote an article about this. Um, there's a theory in the, in the uh, up when you recall somebody that um, NHL contracted players with the Boston Bruins, they do an upshift. Mm -hmm. So basically, if you're going to get recalled on an emergency basis, it's going to be on a third or fourth um, you know, line. You're going to play four, third or fourth line roles. So to be ready for that is why they're playing third and fourth line in Providence. You get in the hard minutes, you get in the grinding minutes, you have to be ready to play the, play those. And that's why Lauko, he's rounding out his whole game yeah, doing right. stuff like that because if there's a recall and he's needed, he's ready and he's going to be immediately slotted up on the third or fourth line. Now, if he does really well, Bruce Cassidy will then obviously put him in a freaking better better role, but to get him his first NHL game, you're going to play the hot minutes. You've got to prove it to the coaching staff yeah. that you want to be there. Like you're not, not getting called down. up and suddenly they're going to put uh, Pasternak on the second line and slot you up with Bergeron right. and Marshawn. It's just not happening, and nor should it, right? This is part of the, the – but that's what I'm talking about. It's like the rounding, part of rounding out your game is learning all scenarios, learning how to make the decisions in different scenarios, you know, and – yeah, that's you why I learn strongly, that, and that's why they're elite players, but you know what I mean? That's why I strongly them. believe against the, the hate of Danton Heinen. Oh, yeah. He moves around so much. I don't, and, and I get the point production is, is not there, but he's learning. But I think a player like Danton Heinen is going to have a better career when he gets a little older. You know, kind of like that, that um, um, Marcus Johansson yeah. that we had and, and, and yeah. lost. You know what? That type of player is not going to like blow you away on stats, but he's going to play a very, very strong two-way game. You need the top... Like, he's definitely a second, third-line winger with the right people, right? But like you said, he's still young. There was a lot of pressure on him because he, he is... He, for a while, kind of was looking like he might be Peter Solark, which was concerning, but then he kind of worked out the bugs, and you're like, okay... But I think they're the 
not just Danton Hine, and he's on our... I, I like him. I think he's underrated by a lot because I do think... You know what I need more than 300 snipers is I need a guy that can grind in every situation, can sit up there with, you know what I mean, help pass the puck to the superstars, can be uh, on the back, whatever. Like, just be in the play. And that whether he's putting up points or not, Dan Heinen is always busting on shift. Do you know what I mean? Like, when you see him, he's doing his job, and he does it in a way that shows good young leadership. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there, and... I think he's earned his spot, and he knows if he wants to stay around here to continue to develop and Jack of all trades, no yeah. doubt. I, no doubt. I like players like that. That's Me why too. I've always been someone who liked a David Backus, because he's a kid that could usually center, but he can bounce either and side. And accepts any role. Right, and you Especially. just do your job. That's also part of being a professional. So for me, like I, I always say about some of the young kids, like if you're not willing to do the job or the work, sometimes it's just this isn't the place for you and you should be able to move on. But sometimes you're fighting the system and you're not listening and you're unwilling to grow. And I get like this younger generation that keeps saying needs more like one-on-one -on -one positive reinforcement. That's great. But how much one-on-one -on -one time do you need before you get it kind of thing? You know what I mean? Like I'm not anyone in specific, just young players. So I think it's good to see, like, the Bjorks and the Laco. You know, like, they're, they know what they have to do to round out their game. Um, and they're trying to get there. Like, yep. you know, they know kind of like, this is the X we want you to get to by this point. Get to the X. And unlike some other people, they are more jumping to the X a little faster because they're willing to get called up and down. They're willing to, like, you know, they don't get personally offended by these things. They go, hey, this is what happens. It's time to and go if to work. I want to ever be not going back down, it's time to go to work. Yeah, then I got to do it. Um, Sorry, am I babbling? Jesus no, no, this is great. I like this. I like focusing. See, this is why. This is exactly what I wanted to start doing on this podcast, and this and I took the summer to do it, as I want to have more interaction with folks, and it's not. It's not a shot against former co-hosts. It's just the technology thing doesn't doesn't get me to a level. I I want to be. Face to face, I want to see face react. You know what I'm saying? It's just that's the way I like doing it. And I think I'm a better co-host. People might freaking might you know disagree with this, but for for that because I'm starting to get more. I I just have a better in-person feeling when I'm doing a show like this, and it just I flow better if I, if it, that makes any sense. So. Um, but speaking of not flowing, and this, that's a terrible segue, um, is the uh, word on Carson Coleman. Uh, I know we didn't talk about this last week. The news came out shortly, I mean, right, right after, after the game, yeah. uh, which I thought was weird on Tuesday night, correct? Um, but the Bruins issue an update on Carson Coleman. He has a hairline, non-displaced fracture of his right tibia. And uh, they say out for four weeks. But they also said that he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. I think he's more or less possibly going to see the a return, probably maybe the end of December. Yeah. Um, usually with bones, the timeline they say now you, some things can where it's a hairline. It's probably there. You know, most bones take about four weeks to heal or whatever. I think those major, you know, in the major bones like that. Uh, but when they say they'll reevaluate him, maybe that also includes like he could be sooner. Then later as well. Um, I think it just stinks because after the big debate about should Carson, Carson Coleman be up there now, poor Carson Coleman isn't anywhere but right. home. But. Which, which obviously is giving it a better opportunity for a Bjork look, in my opinion. You yeah. know what I mean? I think that the when, when Krejci went down and then Bjork was called up, 
Uh, so there were some folks that said, well, Bjork's a left wing, right wing, um, but never, n not really strong up the middle. Why would you do that? But they already have, the Bruins already have so many uh, centers yeah. on, the, on the NHL club that they could slot anybody in there, like Charlie Coyle, obviously, um, and, and be fine with it. And that, that gives Bjork the opportunity to come up as a wing. But, um, well, it stinks, too, because it, like, it was kind of like a weird injury, too. Like, it wasn't... Yeah, I mean, it was a shot on, and yeah. he, just got, he just got in front. He was trying to... Yeah, he was doing his job. doing his job. He was out front of the net trying to get uh, a screen going, and just, unfortunately, you know, got it. It's like, we need to develop... Like, you know what we don't need? Injuries. Really, really, <laughs> no, really expensive composite sticks in hockey. Like, you know, like, a right. like I'll stick... Like, if you want to get a stick for your kid, that's like seven. It's like $300 now. What we need is to develop some technology to help protect. Because, I mean, you can only make it so hard and still let it be flexible for yep. movement. But there's got to be some kind of material we can come up with. That, because this is a, um, not common, but like this is an injury. It could have been much worse when yeah. you take a shot. I mean, look at poor Adam McQuaid. How many... How many times, like, I, well, people wanted to complain about how injured he was. Yeah, but he was always injured from blocking shots and, like, going hard first. Right. So at least he was doing that. So See, how do we remedy that? Like, I work, better technology. It's kind of a fun little little discussion right here. And I'm sorry if we're getting off topic. But I I work with composite materials. Mm -hmm. And and the thing with that is is you can put an absorber on the back of it. Mm -hmm. um, but the uh, vibration is never going to stop. Which ultimately vibration, if you put an absorber in the middle, mm. you could protect all that all day. Your vibration is still can break a bone. Oh well, yeah. So that's what they want to increase the R and D on working on is like how do you muffle that to not break bone? Yeah. You can still take a shot. Yeah. You get like a bone bruise and, and so on. And no one's asking to have a hundred percent effectiveness. I no, mean, that's where but you, you want to limit it. Yeah, you exactly. Know, but like, how do we get that? Just like we get better helmets every now and then. Every I think, you know. I think technology. Will will be the benefactor of of that coming up. I know the technology's there. It's just how how to use it effectively, and and there's there's already going on. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, hopefully, it was a clean fracture or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, and he gets better. back. Yeah. And he gets back quickly because I mean the kid's fast. He's 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 an asset at the NHL level, and he's an asset at the at the um, at the minor pro level. So wherever he's at, he's valued in this organization. So hopefully he gets healthy. Get better, Carson. Yeah. Um, one, one interesting question that um, a guy, speaking of work, um, my, my friend Cody Stevens, uh, by far the best machinist at, uh, at our company. Hi, Cody. Yeah, shout out, Cody. Um, but uh, he asked the, the current goaltending rotation, and this was interesting, the current goaltending rotation and should – there'd be an idea for that in the playoffs. Like, we all know that it's, it's we're seeing more since Halak came in, and it's a 1A, 1B. We've, we've already claimed that. But can that be Im implemented in keeping both goaltenders fresh and on top of their game in the postseason? So It's not I, a bad question. It's No, it's a good question. I just think it's... Depends on your philosophy. Like, I'm someone who thinks that you should always ride your hot goaltender in the playoffs because there's a reason they're the hot goaltender. And until they show you otherwise, just let them run with it, right? In the Bruins' particular situation, I think it's important to keep them both fresh because neither of them are spring chickens. Uh, I like 
so for me, I kind of like how we're doing it every other game-ish. Again, we, I think we talked, like, Tuka just played his first back-to-back, -back, but really there was a couple days in between. Three days in between, like, yep. You know, one thing. It's not like he played yesterday and they're going to play him today. Um, but they kind of couldn't do that, right, so he could get his 500, you know what I mean, yeah. too. Uh, but I think that's a good system until January 1st, going back and forth, you know what I mean? Like, real tandem, like, you're getting even play. And then I think Tuca is still the $7 million man, and he needs to start playing more games. You know, even if that's three starts and a rest or two starts and a rest and kind of stagger it. That way, Halak still stays a little fresh. But Tuca, who will be expected to in the long run, unless that something freakish happens, be the person that you ride to the championship sure. or whatever. And once again, fuck off because it was not Tuca's fault. Just saying. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like... He is your, he is, I mean, this 1A, 1B, I get, like, so many things. Like, I can't deal with, everyone shut up about offside and offsides, okay? Everyone knows that formally it is offside, but it's called the everyday language of the people. Everyone says offsides, and I don't know why we have to hear about this. 1A, 1B is another one of them. But in the long run, Tuka is getting paid a lot more than a lot. He's number one, okay? One capital A, yeah, okay? Yeah. It's great that we have a good system where we can have a truly kind of two starters. Most clubs don't have that yet, even though that's kind of the style that's happening now. We have two really good goaltenders, and everyone can suck it. Like, there are people who would poach Halak to be their starting goaltender at this point. Do you know what I mean? She's getting crazy, Calvary, folks. Maybe. No, but I think, like, it's good to do this now until, like, January. But then I think the, ne the last few, we have to be real about it, and, like, Tuka needs to take a little bit more on. I do, I do agree with you. Um... But if it, I mean, if it's needed, I mean, uh, I hate going down this road, but we've seen Tuca in the past two or three years not have great starts, mm -hmm. and I'm biting my lip doing saying this. I seriously am, folks. I know it's a podcast; you can't see it, but I'm bleeding. Um, but what is to be expected of him if he has a hot start like he is now? At five zero one one and a uh, a one point four eight goals against average and a point nine five two save percentage, and just got his forty seventh uh, career shutout, uh, second of the season I believe. So, um, what do you expect to see him in in March and in April coming down to a playoff scenario? Um, if he, if he's not there, I would say kick it in the ass again like you did. Don't take another break. No, but. like I said, ride the hot goaltender. That's yeah. how I feel. Like so, if Halak come March thirty first is the guy, right. like start. I like when the playoffs started last year. I wouldn't have had an issue if he started the season. Like again, right. they're. I mean, they're not. They're apples and oranges, but they're like the same size pail. You know what I mean? Sure. Kind of thing. Sure. And uh, I, that's what I'm saying though is that if the argument is once you get late in the season, that's where you need your goaltender the most, which you do again. Not to bring up the Blues, but fucking. The Blues had six best months of hockey ever because yeah. shit came together and the yeah, goalie got together. That was a crazy run. Whatever, right, crazy, crazy run, run, right? So for me, your goaltender is always more important from January on than he's ever going to be. I'm, as long as everything absolutely. looks okay yeah. by December 1st, that's how I feel. I want to know where I'm sitting around December 1st. So isn't the argument then it's really just the flip side? Instead of resting him later in the year, if you give him the rest, he's still playing well. They're both off to a good start. 5-0-1. Right. So if you... Keep 
back and forthing them until, say, January 1st, then all the rest came on the top half where it's most important. I'm not saying in February there isn't going to be a stretch where you're going to, you know, well, like I said, then you figure it out. Instead of every other game like they're playing now, then you start playing Tuka 2, Halak 1. Or if Halak, like, if someone gets injured or thing, like, you do it yeah. back and forth. You can always start Halak twice. If we're in a situation where if we take a loss and don't have, need... Like, not that you never need the points, but if we're sitting comfortably... You also want to give the time to recover, too. That's what I mean, though, is that that's the thing, is that, say you play two, you can do that. And you look at the schedule at that point. You know, a yeah. lot of things change on how you're playing your team in March than is affecting your team in October, necessarily, right? You uh, need the points, but like I said, come February... Like, Tampa Bay could have done nothing. Lost every game from, like, February 27th on, and they still would have been... Like the third best team, right? In the whole league, and if, still, still held the first round. It's still held <laughs> the first round. No, they wouldn't even. They probably still would have been number one. They had so many points, but right, you know, yeah, and you go home. Right, that's no, I get like, you. Is it worse to lose the Stanley Cup or to be a team that is so hot that you sh they should have handed you the cup earlier? All that hype, all. Can year. I just say, I never want to win the President's Trophy. <laughs> Keep know. the President's Trophy title away from my team because it is the curse of the Red Death or something. Sorry, um, okay. Stay, staying on to the, uh, the goaltending uh, topic. That's just uh, me. Sorry. It's not because I don't think that's a good idea, but I would rather do whatever. Per my friend Chris Blackie, host of the Big Bad Bruins podcast, does a fantastic job uh, along with host Ian Glendon. Um, he uh, said that Halak will be playing in his 494th game tonight, setting up a season where... Two Bruins goaltenders reached the 500 game mark for careers. Yeah. I'm not. I, I haven't had time because we I, we've been prepping and we didn't even have any time to discuss this in the um, in the pre-show yeah. uh, discussion. But um, I'm not even sure if it's been done. I know we have the yeah, power of the sure. internet in front of me right now, yeah. but I'm not going to sit there and punch keys. Yeah, we'll but talk about it later. That's I, a fantastic little uh, accomplishment for both uh, both goaltenders to be. This good, this late in their careers. I know yeah. goaltenders, uh, they, they do their thing later on in life. They start to become But still, uh, Halak's an older own. goaltender. He is. Fantastic he's so, shape. He's so old that he was a starter, and now he's a star backup, too. Yeah. Very few goaltenders yeah. have had that kind of career where after they can be done carrying the team, that they can be the supporter carrier, of the you know, the guy that puts them on their back when you need them. Um, well, I mean, I know all our listeners know that because we already gave them a breaking news segment on that. Right. But yeah, it's I I will have to look it up again. I don't want to do that right now because I obviously can't concentrate already. But I think that's pretty cool that both of them in the same in Halak and a lot of people will be like, oh Halak. But again, remember Halak was a starter, so he has had years where he played sixty of the Absolutely. games because he's actually a little older enough to be from the generation of goalies where. There was no A, B. Like, your ass was supposed to play 75 of the games and the other guy played 10, or maybe 65. But, like, goaltenders never played less than 65 games. You right. took 20 games off there, I bet I bet an injury or something going on with you, right? Uh, and not just superstars, but just, like, generally, like, that's what you did. It was, like, back when pitchers used to pitch into the eighth inning and then the relievers came in, not like they leave the sixth and my arm and I pitched five. I'm like, shut up. This is another reason I hate analytics. Real quick, before we take another quick break and hear from the great folks at the store next door, it's a Yarmouth-based uh, company that helps uh, folks with um, dis disabilities and puts them to work, and um, they 
they earn a fantastic paycheck and, and, and learn a very valued skill in life. But And make really cool products. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Go check out the website, thestorenextdoor.ca, and, and you'll hear the commercial in just a moment. Um, but uh, real quick, Halak, um, all the success, all the accolades and everything like that, going to lead up to uh, a big payday for him. Um, there's a lot of uh, Bruins uh, uh, folks out there that are definitely on the higher end of my pay scale, but they seem to believe that re-signing him is very, very important and even more of an importance than Jake DeBrusque. I find that a little too far of a reach, but with the current cap situation, uh, don't care if right now next year's cap says we have $25 million in space. Once you get down to that, you're gonna and you look at what you need to add well, up. I mean, Tory Crew's getting 15. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. I mean, you got you got Crew Coil. DeBrusque, you know what I mean? You're going to have the, the, the money to, uh, to lock up Yarrow for at least another year or two. You don't know what he's thinking at, at this yeah. late in his career. Um, I just... Is this... Is he... He's a free agent this season, or does he have one This more? is This, this is, is his year. This is I mean, this summer, year. he needs to figure out. And Tuca's got one more year after this. And would Bruins fans be totally pissed off if he walked for the money? I mean... It, it, no, I think Halak's played enough... NHL career. If he gets starting, if he is that starter and he's offered a certain number, I could see him leaving. But like I said, I think we have to say, I I think Halak probably knows he is not the priority of people that need to be replaced because he is a backup goaltender. Seems like a team player. I think it also comes down to, again, like he may be willing. It comes down to Sweeney talking to him. It's like, hey, dude. Well, he may be willing at this point in his career. His discount might just be, I'll take another year at the pay I have right now. That would be a discount because you're not giving him an increase. It's something you kind of already have worked a little bit in the schedule because a lot of people's contracts have already been in place. Right. You know? Um, But I think that depends. And also a lot of it depends on do we have anyone within the system? Because ultimately we are going to have to replace two caress at some point. Absolutely. I know some of you out there would like us to do it about 12 and a half minutes ago. Or 12 years ago. Or 12, <laughs> yeah, 12 seconds ago. Um, but the long and the short is until someone in our system steps up, could come out. And, you know, let like you, there are plenty of goaltenders that we had that are out there now that have become successful. But again, this also goes to, and maybe goaltending is a specific more specific example of this though, but if you don't have the right chemistry and it's not clicking for you, sometimes going somewhere else is better for you, your career, the club yep. that you're playing for currently, everything. So I think that Halak's a veteran and he knows he's not going to be the priority. But again, if he likes being here and I mean, his discount would be paying him the same exact that he's getting paid now. But we also don't know, uh, that like, you know, consider we got Money coming off. Like, there is going to be some more things. There are some of these people that will not be here. You know what I mean? You paid your mail, so that's a mail thing. Whatever. If you can replace them with somebody cheaper from below, you know, right. whatever. Um, I'm trying to say, but I think Halak is going to be the bigger factor. Not so much our thing, because you, like you said, he might be... Like, if the Bruins go on a run and we win the Cup this year, he might very well go, you know what? I'm calling it a fucking day. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, that's, that, that's another benefactor there, too, is... Is um, the cup window? Yeah, I think that him being here already and what he's seeing from the team and the direction that's being put in place by Cassidy and his tremendous coaching staff, that that Stanley Cup window could be this year or next year. Why would you want to go to a contender when you really don't know their direction and their the plan for that particular season? So I just think that he 
he's holding all the aces right now. It's just and another another factor into this whole thing is his agent Alan Walsh. Mm -hmm. What's he gonna want? Because he's getting clear ten percent. Yeah. So he's gonna want to boast up his his play and what he's done the last two seasons to get money out of him. Well, that's the thing is that I mean. Halak isn't going to have an issue finding a job somewhere because he well, that resume, does is, that resume right. is pretty because good, Because there's man. a lot of young kids that don't play as well as he does at, at this stage in his career. As Absolutely. you know, again, uh, I think a lot of that has to do with you have to first decide what the end game is with Tukaras. Like, I think as his age by the time you know his last year is done, I mean, unless something terrible happens, you're going to have to figure out how to at least give him a small. Like that could be a. Or I'm, I want to retire in three years. What can we do for a package? You know. Yep. But if in your end you're gonna see like one of these young kids are ready to go, I mean that's when you're considering the Krejci's and the whoever at yep. the end their last yep. time. Expiring you know, contracts. It's gonna be hard to say, but we're gonna have a little bit more room to worry about that. I think that everyone needs to not obsess about that because we still need to just. We just recovered from worrying about Carlo and McAvoy all summer and into training camp. So let's all take a breath. There you go. And we're going to revisit this topic come January. Once Absolutely. we've seen how everyone's playing, once we see how what we might be needing to do at the trade deadline, once we decide how much we're paying my boy Tory Krug, because I bet as much as everyone thinks, his is, his is going to be the one that's going to drop first. And they're going to want to drop it before the end of the year. Because they're not going to want to have to listen about all of the contracts they have to negotiate. Right. Do you know what I mean? No, I do. Also, they need to draw if they are going to decide to resign him, which you have to be a moron or he too much. You can't give it to him, which might be either scenario. You know, right? You can't make any other sign. Just like it was like we were waiting around because you knew you had to see what you were doing with Charlie McAvoy to really know what would happen with Brandon Carlo. And then when nothing was happening, I was getting nervous. I don't know. But this is something for January because we don't know. But speaking of that, um, some of the money coming off the books is Dennis Seidenberg because this is the last year him and Bolesky's were on there. Yes. And he just retired, he I heard. He just retired. Thing, so I just want to um, say happy retirement because yeah. love or hate him, he was a solid defenseman, helped us win a cup. So Go check out senior writer Evan Michaels' uh, article at blackandgoldhockey.com. Did a fantastic job on updating him about his career. Uh, particularly with with the Boston Bruins because we are a Bruins um, centric website. Yeah. So check that out. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, uh, I would keep Halak if I could for a year. Yeah, but yeah so. we're going to take a quick break. Uh, I'm answering the question. We're going to hear from the great folks at the store next door. We'll be right back. There's a lot of people with disabilities that can't just go out and find a job. So we set out to create a business to fill those needs, one stick at a time. gift shop is a Yarmouth-based manufacturer and retail outlet store. So we make great ideas that any of our employees come up with, and we reuse and recycle as much as possible. Our most popular item is probably our hockey furniture. We take broken hockey sticks and turn them into different products. We go through a lot of hockey sticks. A lot. A whole lot. Considering that it's only been a year and we're shipping internationally, I think that that's been a huge success. Most people's reactions are, wow, you do this here. We don't accept can't here. Everyone here learns in different ways, but we want to give everybody every opportunity to find exactly what works for them. There's nothing better than when a customer buys something and then one of our employees say, I made that. They have meaningful lives and build things they can be proud of and get a paycheck for it. I'm Amy Acker and we change lives one job at a time.
And we're back. Uh, just heard from the great folks at the store next door. Please go to thestorenextdoor.com and order something really cool that's hockey-related. If it's hockey-related, I'm usually, I'm usually involved because I'm a wicked hockey junkie. I can't get enough. But please go support a great, great Yarmouth, Nova Scotian um, company that really gives back to, to those that uh, are learning a new skill and, 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 and excelling in life with, with their disability. So I just think it's a great, great thing. And I'm, I'm so happy to be working with them. They are really cool to work with and talk to on, the, uh, on Twitter, on the uh, direct messages. We've had great dialogue. So we're glad to help. Uh, and and we, we're going to have a good future with these, with these folks. And um, so uh, jumping back into the Bruins topics, um, Dom Tiano is a fantastic uh, Twitter follower, and, and he, he's, he's at, like, the scout level, um, to, in my opinion, and knows a lot. He was uh, one of the instrumental guys that really gave me a better look into Kyle Kaiser, the goaltender, which he played for the, in the Ontario Hockey League with the Oshawa Generals, where the Bruins signed him as a free agent and got him into the system as an undrafted free agent, by the way. But uh, Dom's a great guy. I reached out and um, and just you know asked a few questions over the, the past year and a half or two years, whatever, about his style and game. So, uh, but but Dom tweeted out something recently about uh, Connor Clifton, and and we talked about this in a previous episode or two episodes ago that I didn't exactly know what number he was when he was going to be waiver eligible, when Miller and Moore were going to come back. And they, by the way, just an update on those guys, they are skating. Um, timelines are thinking like possibly mid-December. But with that being said, I mean, Dom mentioned that it's now 14 games. Take last night's uh, uh, St. Louis shutout away. And now he's 14 games away from being waiver eligible. Now it's becoming scary time for me. I, I really like this kid, as I've, I've always mentioned, but I just don't think that if it comes down to it, that if they waive him, every team out there is going to put a claim in. I know. I'm trying to think, though, is there a way they can play it, though? Because we do have Steve Camper that okay. can kind of eat up some of those games. That's a possibility, too. Play the game that way. You drop Camper down, mm -hmm. depending on who's your better. And I, at this point, the younger guy is the better option. Oh, I'd rather have Cliff, uh, Connor Clifton up there than Steve Camper. You know right. how I feel. He's a perfectly good, supportive guy, seventh defenseman. But he can also, because of the way, isn't his contract structured that he could be up, and it's not its not the same as it no, is No, he's got a two-way. That's what I mean. So he can eat a few of those games, right? Well, he can still he still has to go through the process, the waiver process if he goes down, but I would rather lose a Stephen Camper than Connor Clifton. Yeah, that's what I mean, though. So if it's getting close to, like, is Cliffy going to go over right. the number, that's all I mean. Is so I, I'm not articulating could, myself very well, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. if they get close, they might be able to play a game where you don't have to really jeopardize either one of them. They could do what they did with, um, with Peter Solarik. Is they they brought Solaric down last season and never brought him back up because he was at the fifty nine game mark, but to start this season, um, um, he had to go up, right? Yeah, he had and to be with the NHL. Solaric had to yeah. be with the NHL and then go through the waiver process to go down. Mm -hmm. So and you know he he snuck That's through because there were a lot of other free agents right. that were getting signed that were you know 
higher priorities to their team, so he kind of snuck right in. So that I mean that could obviously happen, but I just don't want to see a kid that is currently on his last year of his entry level deal mm-hmm. and his his three year one million dollar per year hasn't even kicked in yet be exposed to the waiver process. Well, they're not going to, they're never going to do that. That's why we pay Steve Camper every year. Like, they're not yeah. going to, like, if they're going to expose someone, it's not going to be Connor Clifton. But again, we don't really know when they'll be back. Well, John, one of them could be back. They like said John Moore's numbers seem like he should be back sooner than later. Well, the other um, option is to put those guys down in Providence. Um, well, <laughs> I don't know that whole thing. But I just, there might be a way to, um, you know, play the system in which. Because there are days off. So it's not like, even though that's still six weeks worth of days away, that's not really necessarily six weeks worth of games away because right. you only play a couple. And they might be able to just play it right that they Dom, can... Dom also mentioned yeah. that um, the, the day, the game. So I am going to look up right now because it's just the schedule. So from... Boom, shakalaka. So... We have two games. Let's count today's game against the New York Rangers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Right. So double that so, to twenty-eight and see if they split it both ways, right? Yeah. That's gonna bring you to mid-December. So if there's fourteen games, obviously don't have him play fourteen of those games. Right. You cut but, him off. Cut him off at the Minnesota game. Right. But on if there's really November only twenty 23rd. more games until one of the other defensemen may be able to come back. Right. Right. Then you're looking at then you're looking you could at have doing something Camper with them more there yep. in case it gets iffy on sure. the backside. Then you have Clifton come back up. You know what I mean? That's all. There's got to be a way. I mean, they get around everything else. Like I said, I mean, if fucking. But no, it's just something. Something I found interesting. You know what I mean? No, it is very interesting. But I think that, I mean, they're definitely not going to expose Connor Clifton if they can expose Camper. Either way, the money's not that much. You know what I mean? Right. And like you said, no one's probably going to eat him up at this point, anyways. (laughs) No, I mean maybe it's close to like you know when people are kind of getting playoff ready and need an extra person, you know, whatever. But all right, go. Sorry. That's all right. Um, just looking for something on the computer. This is um, going to be a quick ending segment because um, we're going to get ready to close out. Oh, yeah. There we go. Frank the Tank. We're going streaky! Yeah! No, sorry. Sorry, we're going, we're going streaky through the quad and into the gymnasium. Come on, everybody! So... With uh, with all this uh, excitement of the uh, the the Boston Bruins and, and how they've started so far, uh, a lot many of these players are streaking right now. So, um, Pasternak, we uh, we mentioned him. He extends his point streak to eight games, um, which is which is unbelievable. He's he's just on fire. Uh, Brad Marchand is now on a nine game point streak. Uh, he's got five goals, ten assists, fifteen points. Unfortunately. Um, on the bad side of the Frank Tank with streaking edition uh, here at the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, we do have to mention that Patrice Bergeron snapped a seven-game point streak and has zero points in his last two. Not worried about that at all. He's been playing very well, um, even regardless of his hindering uh, groin and, and possibly other injuries that this, this, this absolute freaking tank uh, fights through on a year-to-year basis. Uh, 
Uh, so and and obviously Tuka Rask is unbeaten in 2019-20 thus far with a 5-0-1 record. Mm-hmm. Fantastic numbers, by the way. I, I said them earlier. 1.48 goals against average, and 0.952 save percentage. Just a reminder. But Tori Krug has a two-game point streak. Oh, Tori Krug. But he like Bergeron is still a point of play game point a game both both are a little streaky they're gonna be you know what i mean they're just they're on they're off they're on they're off but i mean still krug is has the potential to put in 60 points he's a hundred point player that'd be free that'd be fun nothing would make me happier than if tory krug is the top ranked offensive that'd be awesome and up for uh uh, and, and, yeah, and Bergeron's <laughs> up for the selfie, selfie. again, and, and I then, say, don't tell Bergeron, me we're not the I best mean, uh, offensive uh, defender. Rasta, yeah, yeah, Rasta, all of us. Fizina, that'd Maybe be funny. Maybe will win this year. Jesus. Maybe Donnie will win again. We get cleaned <laughs> up this year. Colin House. I know, everyone. everyone's saying that about their team right now, though. Yeah, right. Whatever, yeah. Boston. Uh, no, but the, their boys are playing all right. We're starting to see a little bit of the secondary scoring. We still need to be a little bit better on burying second chance scoring uh and overall though i can't really like i said if we could just tighten up a little bit our entrances and exits maybe clear the puck a little bit more it's so weird with them though because it's like some games nobody can keep that puck in our end for for anything you know what i mean and then we uh definitely have games like yesterday where once teams are in it's like good grief and then you wonder why our goaltenders get worn out just kidding yeah, um, I think that's it. All right. Yeah, that, that was a. Oh no! Wait. Oh yeah. Well, those are the. Oh, I'm sorry. Awesome. All right, real quick, we're gonna go through some of the the. Um... Well, I just thought it would be nice that for those people who Took like the time. always bossing you around to do, go give her a review or a rating. Uh, there definitely has awesome. been a bunch of new ratings, and there's been some reviews this month, and I just thought maybe I'd read them out. So if I kill your name slash whatever just remember <laughs> i'm only one person messing it up it's not mark's <laughs> fault uh all right but we have one from chris of the hood just last week and it said great show love the podcast and the writers of at the black and gold i love when they give shout outs to the writers too because they work so hard over there at the website do yourself a favor and follow along i promise you'll be impressed well thank you chris yeah thanks chris we appreciate that i'm glad you're impressed guys I'm, badass I, you listen to us even on days like this where I'm just walking. And he has his own podcast. Nice. Big Bag Bruins Pod. Follow. Yeah. Follow. Yeah, follow them. I know. It's funny how it all started. Um, he has Sam's RC for you. I don't know if that's what it is, but sorry if I kill that Sam's. But great show as always. I look forward to a show every week, and I'm following the P Bruins and plan on attending about 14 games or so. So the new show is perfect for me as well. So shout out to Tim too. Yeah. Congratulations on your new press credentials. May we run into you each other. I hope we run into each other at the dunks. I hope you guys run into, and if you do, you have to get him. Yeah, absolutely. I'd so love we can to do a little uh, segment. Yeah, Spending uh, more time down there. So we got uh, A.O. Welchie. This is a very nice review. Entertaining and informative. I love this podcast. I only recently began seriously following hockey and listening to Mark and Heather has helped me learn a lot about the tactics of the games as well as to learn about the team overall. I love how enthusiastic they are about the Bruins and the game of hockey as a whole. Always informative and always interesting. Thank you. That was a bad. That Thank was a really you. good review. That Thank you so much nice. for that Thank one. Thank you. I don't always feel like 
feel that, but I'm glad you feel that because that is what it's You've all about. You've been a tremendous right? addition Thanks. to the show, trust me. What do we got? We got uh, AKT44 here, says great show, great show for Bruins fans. Heather and Mark are very entertaining and knowledgeable. Thank you. We're also a little obnoxious at times. <laughs> and uh, We're like best friends, so this is, yeah, yeah, we're going to get it. And this one, I fill a, finish up with this one because it's actually, they. this was within our month too, and it says amazing Bruins podcast. This is one of the top podcasts that came up when I was looking to fill my need for information on the Bruins. This is a top-notch premier podcast that any Bruins or NHL fan could listen to and enjoy greatly. It's a great listen. Do yourself a favor and like and subscribe today. Tell your friends. Share on social medias. That's awesome. That's nice. Oh, and then there was one more that was kind of close to that one that just says, first time listening, great show. And then the other one says, you're killing me. <laughs> so thank you guys for doing that. Um, again, that's thank you very much for taking a few time oh, uh, minutes yeah. out of your day to write something. So much appreciated for us. And uh, if you can't commit that much time, please at least commit a time to just click a little five star review on that because yes, please those do that. Are getting up and that's how we uh, help keep everyone a part of the show, right? And also, which uh, keeps the show running, and 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 then the listeners that do their part. To help financially, we do have another winner. Yeah. We um we selected out of the hat earlier in the pre-show. Heather selected Mark Volbeck. I think I got that right, and he's a listener, I believe, in the Nova Scotia area. So we will get in touch with him as soon as possible and let him know how to get uh, a, a T-shirt because he is a Patreon subscriber and a valued member to our Black and Gold Hockey Podcast team. So. Uh, congratulations, Mark. I will be in touch with you soon about shipping details and so on. So um, if you would like to contribute financially to our podcast, we suggest that you go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast. Just donate a dollar. We're getting uh, more involved with these shows with Heather. It's gonna, this is really working out for me. I'm really loving this opportunity to work with her. But we're also, we're, we're doing the uh, Black and Gold Prospects podcast with Tim Richardson, as Heather mentioned earlier, and um, that's going to get better and better, So, uh, and, and a little more information for our listeners. On this same platform that we offer you, uh, you can get both shows. Uh, we just don't want to, you know, if, we, if you guys want separate platforms, well, please donate a dollar on Patreon, because that helps us out, and we'll get it out there, but until then, we just want to say thank you by offering... Uh, something to give back, like a T-shirt from Fanatics. We work very close with Fanatics, so um, it's just a dollar a, a show, and we probably do six to eight shows. So it, it really helps us out. So thank you again, Mark. Thank you again, everybody, all of our Patreon members and our listeners, our friends, our family, everybody. This has been fun. So uh, until next week, Heather, yeah. I will talk to you soon. All right, talk to you later. Go, go Bruins. Go Bruins. I'm going to smack you around. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to and supporting Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please share the show with your friends and family and don't forget to subscribe to and leave a five-star rating for the show on your favorite podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Between shows, help us keep the Bruins talk going by visiting our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, by sending an email to blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com and by following the show on Twitter at blackandgoldpod. Peace out.